to the Friday Five. It's our weekly list of five things you need to know about here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. I'm Sarah Rupel. Happy Friday to you. The first Friday in March, we are only five days in, and I can't remember if March came in like a lion or a lamb, but it is the month when spring begins, and I am ready for that. If you're feeling the same way, well, just know that you are in good company. First up this week, at number one, the Kaiser Family Foundation published an interesting analysis that looks at what would happen if Medicare rates were used to reimburse hospital and other care providers rather than the current higher rates. Interestingly, they found that by using Medicare rates for private health insurance spending, they could save the industry $352 billion. Now, they do point out this analysis did not come from any proposed legislation or reform plan, and it's not to be used to forecast, predict, or endorse any of those. There were some interesting findings that explain the thinking in some of the policies coming through Congress, though, and those are broken out in their key findings section. I will highlight the second here, which could be used as an argument for lowering the age of Medicare. One-third of that recouped $352 billion would come from the 55- to 64-year-old privately insured adult demographic. So you can see the argument for lowering the age for Medicare eligibility, but the benefits of lowering to what age and would there be any other costs incurred in doing so? The data does suggest that there is an argument to be made for Medicare for All, a public option, lowering the age of eligibility, like I just mentioned, or even all-payer rate setting. But again, the report is not trying to make an argument for any of those proposals. It's simply outlining one portion of how applying Medicare rates could help the industry. Towards the end of their brief, the authors mentioned that utilization and other costs or savings were not explored. So while it is encouraging to see that there is a way to lower healthcare costs, there are more factors than just one to consider. We'll be linking to that analysis and the study in our episode notes. Number two, CMS has put the geographic direct contracting payment model back under review. The model was to test whether a, quote, geographic-based approach to care delivery and value-based care can improve health and reduce costs for Medicare beneficiaries across an entire geographic region, end quote. As with much legislation in our industry, there are two sides to the argument here. Complaints about the payment model suggest that most beneficiaries were unaware of the meaning of this type of payment model, nor would they know what their area's participation would mean for their health care coverage. And then those in favor of the model argue for moving away from fee-for-service towards models that focus on value of care. We will be linking to the write-up in Fierce Healthcare if you'd like to learn more, and we'll also link to info on geographic direct contracting from the official CMS website. Number three. This one is a small bit of news, but could have a big impact if your client needs this type of service. CMS recently retired something called the National Coverage Determination, and PET imaging for infection and inflammation can be covered by Medicare reimbursement now. 
Originally, back in 2008, when the NCD was put into effect, there wasn't much data on PET imaging, so it's taken a bit of time for the data to catch up with technology, as according to the Society of Nuclear Medicine and Molecular Imaging, quote, PET is an effective way, often the best way, to understand certain infections and inflammatory conditions and to provide earlier and better informed diagnoses. You can read more about that change via the link in our notes for this episode. Number four. Towards the end of last year, we talked about how Medicare beneficiaries don't often switch their coverage. And that's a topic we've talked about a few times on the podcast. According to the most recent Kaiser Family Foundation data, 57% of Medicare beneficiaries do not review or compare their coverage options annually. So when there's a number of beneficiaries switching with certain factors in common, it tends to raise an eyebrow. Health Affairs recently published a study that focused on rural Medicare beneficiaries and their rate of switching from Medicare Advantage to traditional Medicare. Looking at 2010 to 2016 Medicare current beneficiary survey data, The study found that switching from original Medicare to Medicare Advantage didn't happen too often. 1.7% of rural Medicare beneficiaries and 2.2% of non-rural Medicare beneficiaries made that switch from original Medicare to Medicare Advantage. But the numbers increased when it came to switching from Medicare Advantage back to original Medicare. 5% of non-rural Medicare beneficiaries made that switch. The number of rural Medicare beneficiaries that switched from MedAdvantage back to original Medicare, 10.5%, slightly more than double the amount of their non-rural counterparts. According to the write-up in Fierce Healthcare, the switch is mainly because Medicare beneficiaries living in these remote areas are not satisfied with their access to care. And that certainly makes sense when you think about Medicare Advantage networks and the coverage challenges for areas that are more geographically spread out, sometimes with difficult-to-navigate terrain in between. We've got a lot of that here in Pennsylvania. So if you cover a more remote area in your selling territory, it might be worth taking a look at that article to see the pain points identified in those areas and how you can navigate those types of sales. Number five, with the arrival of spring just around the corner comes everyone's favorite thing, spring allergies. Just kidding, allergies, they're the worst. And our next article outlines how our allergies might have changed since we've been working from home. And this is something that probably was not too much on our radar last year because we were all newly working from home at that time. But as that time frame has been extended, your home might be causing some new-to-you symptoms because, let's face it, we're spending a lot of time indoors lately, and we've been doing it for a while. So, what allergens could be lurking in your home? Well, Dust mites, for one, and trust me, I'm no fan of dusting at all. I've never liked doing it since I was a little girl. It was one of my least favorite chores. But according to the article, dust mites could be contributing to your allergies. 
And the fix is more about dusting than it is using super fancy allergen filters. Air quality is another topic touched on in the article because of running humidifiers and possibly running them too much. One of my favorite things about spring is the ability to open up the windows and get some fresh air in my house. So I'm really looking forward to that, along with some spring cleaning after reading this article. We will have a link to that in our episode notes. So check that out if you've been suffering from the sniffles or weird allergies. It could be something that's very easy to remedy inside your own home. And now, this week's bonuses. I have two but one is very small. In keeping with the trend of interesting new foods that I would like to try, Reese's announced a peanut butter cup that's all peanut butter. And as a peanut butter lover, I'm here for that. It looks delicious. So I'll be linking to that in the notes. According to the article, we'll be able to find them in stores beginning in April. But fingers crossed for earlier, given our proximity to Hershey here in Pennsylvania. And of course, the second bonus is probably what you think it is. Everything coming to streaming in March. And today, that happens to be the season finale of WandaVision and Raya and the Last Dragon, both on Disney+. Plus. So it's an exciting day for streaming in my house. I don't get up at midnight to watch the weekly release of WandaVision, but I do love that Disney releases it then because... It gives you that vibe of a midnight movie release, which I've been to a couple and I've always really enjoyed that energy. Raya and the Last Dragon, my daughter has been waiting for this one since she got a stuffed tuk-tuk and sisu, and to be honest, it looks like an amazing story plot-wise and visually, so I can always get on board with that. Also coming to Disney+, Plus on March 16th, Michelle Obama teams up with a few puppet friends to explore foods from around the world in waffles and mochi. And then on March 19th, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier premieres. On Netflix, I'm looking forward to Moxie, Amy Peller's latest, and I will probably watch the Varsity Blues Scandal documentary. For HBO Max and DC Comics fans, you'll finally get Zack Snyder's Justice League cut, And then Godzilla vs. Kong, which promises to be an epic showdown. And of course, these are just my picks. For the full list of what's coming to streaming, we'll be linking to two different lists in our episode notes for this month. Next up, shoutouts, because we got a lot of love on social in the past two weeks. And I just want to say thank you so much to these listeners for listening and reaching out. First up, STL Insurance Guru, thank you so much for all the love. They liked a whole bunch of episodes on our Podbean feed, and I just want to say thank you for that. I'm so glad that you're enjoying our episodes. Then on Instagram this week, Bianca reached out. She's new to the industry and has been loving the podcast. Always exciting to hear about new agents finding their stride. I want to wish you the best of luck, Bianca. And then on LinkedIn, Bill and Jolie both commented on posts about recent episodes. Thank you both for listening and commenting as well. It's always great hearing from listeners. So thank you so much again for taking the time to comment and reach out. It really makes my day. 
And just a quick reminder, if you want to connect on social, you can find Ritter Insurance Marketing on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can find me on LinkedIn and Instagram. And we will have those links in our notes for this episode, along with all the other resources we mentioned here today. That's all we've got. So have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. And we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Brianna Lowe. Artwork by Nick Smith.